What about the premise of the game? You're trying to catch a snitch? Come on. Th- that man just wants what's best for the community. He's not a snitch. Don't call him that. Hi, I'm Max Fees. And I'm Alex Bott. And I'm Anthony Cardellini. And this is Horseplay. But we're not horsing around. Horseplay is a bi-weekly podcast where every other week we break down an issue using the five pillars of the Granite Grad. This week, we're talking about homecoming and all of the horrible things that come with it. You know, Max, homecoming is my least favorite time of year. It's almost like the devil himself came down and decided that this this week was going to be the week that he uh, started to defeat the good in the world. This and more on this episode of Horseplay. All right, boys. Well, it's that time of year again, um, you know, where people are showing excessive amounts of school spirit, excessive amounts of skin, uh, crazy things are going on. People, th- people are yelling on the top of their lungs. People are, are getting excited about a theme. It's all, it's all ridiculous. It's all crazy. And I can't stand one bit of it. Um, you know, there's been some controversy about this year's homecoming. Uh, a lot of controversy, actually. This year's theme is uh, it's a Harry Potter homecoming. What do you guys think of that? Well, I always liked Harry Potter. It was my favorite book in 2007. So <laughs> when the Deathly House came out. But uh, I think it should be a good time. I, what I'm a little s- scared about is the role that religion will play with all the witchcraft and the wizardry. You know, Max? Yeah, I think there's definitely some controversy there. I mean, when you, when you look at the Gratic Grad and you break down a theme like Harry Potter, it doesn't stand a chance. I mean, yeah, the Gratic Grad destroys it. I want to know, uh, wh- at what point in the Harry Potter series are they committed? To, like, when do they do their service projects? Like, after the first mm-hmm. year, I-, I don't see a sophomore service project. And after the second year, you know, where's the JJP? That- that's what's missing for me in the theme this year. I'm, just, I'm disappointed, honestly. Frankly, it's disgraceful that in the seventh book, they didn't have a synthesis to just bring it all together and reflect on their lives. And You know, Hogwarts is supposed to be such a great school. I don't see it reflected in intellectually competence. I mean, Hermione, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, she, what, you have one good student for the entire school? <laughs> like, come on. Like, you got half, half the population there is a distraction to the other, the male half of the population at the school. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm reading the books and I'm just wondering, like, where, where's the exam and to ask Harry where God is at work in his life? That's, that's what's missing for me. What are some issues... Uh, that you guys think face a school when you approach a homecoming week and all the excitement that goes on? I mean, there's obviously going to be, in reference to the dress code, just the specifics of it, the three inches versus the two inches above the knee. I think two inches is ridiculous. It's way too much. And I think three inches is almost enough, I mean, for the good Lord to smite half the pop. I mean, I just don't understand, you know, two inches is bad enough. Three inches is a party. And once you get to three inches, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's any going back to a moral world that we had, uh, in the medieval times and before that. So, well, you know, this is a, this is an emergency podcast. I don't know if our listeners are aware of this. Um, but originally we only had three minutes to present a valid point and to defend our, our stance. But uh, this is in response to Xavier recently went back against their announcement last week that there was not going to be a contract. And I think this is absolutely horrible. 
Nice. I am frankly appalled. <laughs> so, so homecoming. Moving on from the from the dress code. What do you? What do you? Well, from Xavier's dress code. What do you guys think about Brophy's dress code? I mean, so I think that looking looking at the Brophy dress code to a dance, you know, got to wear the closed-toed shoes. I understand that that's that's something that we need to mandate, uh, and I think that that's absolutely appropriate. However, I, I do worry about the ankles of the students being covered in immodest behavior. I, I wish that we could have a dress code uh, where, the, where the, it's not just a closed-toed shoes. It's more a comprehensive shoe that protects the shins, you know, from all the all the disgusting things that go on on the dance floor. But, you know, other than that, I don't really think there's, there's much to talk about with the Brophy dress code, which is uh, it's kind of a good thing. I think it's harder for guys to uh, be, you know, be more to do to, I guess, make people worried about what they're wearing. So, well, Anthony, I, I want to stay on the topic of shoes because I think one shoe that often doesn't get enough credit is uh, the Croc, the modern day Croc. And uh, it works for senior assassins. And it is, if you ever get wet or need to take a quick swim, it, it's perfectly effective. And I'm not sure, do, are you, do you know if it's allowed on the Brophy dress code? I, I don't know. I know that Xavier, they're the gators, and so they don't like the Crocs. So I, if you're wearing a Croc, then you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to wear that. You can wear a gator, but you can't, you can't wear a Croc. I don't know what, what the rules are for Brophy, uh, but I would assume, I would hope, I would sincerely hope that we follow the grad at grad and, and do not allow uh, Crocs based on the amount of skin they show on the foot, uh, which I think serves <laughs> to be way too suggestive at the end of the day. For, forget the theme. What about just homecoming uh, asks? You know, how you ask a date to homecoming. I mean, what about those? Those are getting out of hand. It's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I guess... I, I can understand from a student's perspective that they're trying to be open to growth, right? I'm going to do a bigger and better poster for this this year. But, you know, things are going crazy. And when you misspell something for creative purposes, intellectually competence gets thrown out of the window. So what do you guys think about some of these signs that you've seen across campus? That's true, Max. <clears throat> I think there's a fine line between uh, an appropriate way to ask someone to homecoming and what we are seeing today. I think it's a degradation of just simple communication. Um, There are many people who go very over the top, and I can sort of understand that. You only get four of these. Well, unless you go to other schools. You get a minimum of four of these in your life. So why not go all out is, I guess, their perspective. But what I say is, I think we should take uh, the grad at grad into all that we do. As um, I've never asked anyone at homecoming. I'm waiting till marriage. And I think that that's an appropriate stance for what we need to, to allow our students. You know, taking a date to homecoming is not the same as courting someone that you think you're going to make a life with later on. It's just, it's too flingy for me. I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the idea that you could just have a date for one night and then the next night, you know, you don't have to call her again. So I think I'm against asking people to homecoming in the first place. Really, for me, it just shows the uh, the polyamorous nature of our society today, which is, again, a uh, devaluation from what we had in the past. Uh, so that that's what I have to say about asking people to homecoming. I appreciate that perspective, Anthony. I really do. But my favorite way that I've seen people ask, and I think that everyone should be asked this way is with 
an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> I mean, if every if everybody who was asked to homecoming was asked with with an In-N-Out double double or single, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe that's like a checkbox that needs to be somewhere in the public domain, and an order of fries and possibly a Neapolitan shake. Ooh. I think that that would be the best way to avoid confusing uh, posters, to, to avoid the confusing, the misspellings. You know, when you, let's bring it back to the Craddock Red. I mean, it, it's just, it's so frustrating for me. Well, Max, personally, I think I'd be more confused with the In-N-Out Burger. Um, as a Hindu uh, <laughs> in the room, I would like to say that uh, once I received the burger, I would question whether this girl... Uh, really knows me at all, or it, it would just confuse me even more. So I think, how about the safe route and go with Canes? Ooh, Canes. I love Canes too. Uh, I, I think that a Caniac, or, uh, or what about the vegans though? What about the vegans? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's dangerous to just assume that everybody enjoys in and out Burger and Canes when you have plenty of people in the world that are you know, trying to, to follow the laws of the Bible and uh, not eat meat. You're exactly right. You are exactly right. Well, there's so much buzz that, that goes on. You know, you have school spirit. It's, it's a time to be braggadocious about one's school. You know, embrace it wholeheartedly. And, you know, this year we're actually having a rally. We're having an all-school rally the Thursday before. And, man, oh, man. If you want to talk about something that takes away from our time in the classroom, I can't stand it. I can't stand it one bit. I remember last year there was a rally where we had, uh, at the end of the rally, we had a band. I don't remember what they're called. I think it's like Left Wise or something. Left they stupid. got up there. That's right. They got up there and they sang uh, a killer song. And I was thinking about the moral implications of singing a song by a band that condones violent behavior and how inappropriate that was in front of the entire school. That really upset me. Uh, and I know that, that this home, this uh, homecoming rally is probably not going to get any better. Uh, so I, I, I cannot say I'm excited about it. I'm actually very disappointed to think that after such a horrible event last year uh, with the killers, that we would continue to do this reprehensible behavior. I don't know if there's going to be any live performers at this at this pep rally, but there's certainly going to be um, some games that are going to be played. And when I think about whether that could be time in the classroom, in the chapel, but that time is being used for a pep rally, for games, it's ridiculous. I, I, can't, I can't believe that we're standing for this. Uh, sophomore year, I was trying to encourage the administration to add No Jugamos Juegos to the uh, grad grad, make it a six tenant, which means we are not playing games. Uh, because what I've, I've tried to get the school to understand is exactly what you were saying, Max. You know, it should be a main tenant of ours that, you know, games and all of that, all of those things are just inappropriate. They take away from time that we could be serving others. They take away from time that we could be learning things. They take away time that we could be in church. Uh, and for that, I, I got to say, I, I'm not, not proud of my school for uh, upholding those, those activities. I would have to agree with Anthony here, Max. <clears throat> I think it's complete malarkey. I, I will go so far to, say, to call it malarkey, that we are playing games during school hours. You think, you think the grad at grad's a game? You think you could just, not at all. Not at all. You can't just toy with this stuff, okay? 
This goes on for the rest of your life. These systems are in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I just, I, 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 can't, I don't know where, what, I'm out of words. M- moving on, uh, past Quidditch, the whole world of Harry Potter is very dark, and I know that there's some controversy regarding that. Um, what do you guys think, um, what, what's your favorite book, or what's your least favorite book that is from the Harry Potter world? My favorite Harry Potter book is the fourth one. Uh, my, my parents didn't let me watch the fifth and sixth and seventh movies because they were too violent, as they should. Proud of my parents right there. So because of that, the fourth one was the last movie I saw, and it was my favorite book with the Tri-Wizard Tournament. Uh, I a lot it. of violence. There, a lot hey, of violence. Here's the thing, though. There are dragons in it, and if you have a dragon that's being violent, then the dragon gets a pass for me. Uh, I agree. So in the book of Revelation, we see these dragons coming down and uh, trying to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So I took that as J.K. Rowling trying to make a sign of you know, trying to get religiosity in the books. I don't think it worked in the whole series, but at least in that book, you know, there were biblical themes that I could, I could kind of relate to, and that's why that one was the favorite for me. Uh, for me, I'd have to go with the next one, uh, which was The Order of Phoenix. Um, as an Arizona native, I love Phoenix, and nothing more that I love in Phoenix is the order. diocesan order. Yes, and the diocesan order, and the grad I grad, and just all that comes along with it. Just a phenomenal novel, Max. You know, there, homecoming can be an uncomfortable situation for a lot of people, you know? And I hear a lot of, a lot of people talking about how there's nothing for them at homecoming. I mean, we have to be inclusive to all of those people. But at the same time, I want those people to be open to growth. What are you guys' thoughts on those who might feel like homecoming isn't for them? That's a tough one. Uh, I think that we need to work on um, allowing those students to have opportunities to have their fun. I mean... I think the innovation comment should be open on, on homecoming night and we should be making, we should be 3d printing some stuff. I think the father rental reading room should be open in case anybody wants to go in there, pick up a book, uh, and you know, engage in some moral activity. So I, I, I think that I wish that our student council would open it up to, uh, I think there should be mass going on in the chapel during homecoming. And I think, I think everybody should be there. You know, I don't understand why, uh, we don't offer these types of things to the student body and allow them to, uh, branch out a little bit, uh, past just the, uh, uh, whatever happens inside the great hall. So what do you guys think about food? Some people like to go get food before some people show up and they're like, feed me. Who's lacking justice? Who's lacking um, the competence of the grad at grad here? So <clears throat> along what Anthony said about having the innovation commons open, the father run a reading room, why not have the cafeteria open? Why not just have the entire school open and we just go to, <laughs> go to school, Max? But what's important about gluttony is you got to make sure they are... So wait, 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 wait. Rewind. So you're saying that homecoming should just be another school day? Yes. Dare I say it? I... I don't know, Max. I know it's very revolutionary, and the student body would go wild over it. I understand that going into Harry Potter as the theme, there was some controversy regarding the Percy Jackson supporters and the Hunger Games supporters across campus. What are you guys' thoughts? There was definitely a loud outcry. Walking down the halls, it was hard not to miss someone just cursing under their breath 
sometimes actual curses from Percy Jackson or Harry Potter. And it was, I don't know. I, I hope that hopefully this brings us all together, just like in the seventh book, all came together, good, good side and not bad side, good side and sort of good side against the I, bad side. I would say that uh, well, my, my favorite part in the Percy Jackson series is when Harry stands up and volunteers himself as tribute. Uh, and I, I wish that we could kind of incorporate you know, the, the three books into one singular theme. Um, I think throwing, throwing Percy into Hogwarts would yield some interesting results. Uh, so what, I, what I'm saying is I don't understand why we didn't kind of open it up to young adult dystopian genre and just have students do what they would. Except I got to say that the fact that Percy Jackson uh, suggests other gods, you know, there's only one God that you should worship in your life. Um, and I think that that's what makes Percy Jackson a very dangerous series. Uh, as far as the hunger games, you know, I, I don't really have anything to say. I think the hunger games are fine. Uh, I think that there's definitely a, uh, some violence in that series, uh, that I'm not entirely comfortable with. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I think that, you know, it's it's an interesting series. It asked some it asked some deep questions. I, th- uh, I was really sad when Prim died, um, and, and that, that's all I have to say. You know, I've got I've got something else. You know, we, we, we brought up we brought up these other great series, um, recently popular, but I, d- I don't think that it can go without say that great Christian writers such as C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and his fabulous series Narnia as well as J.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. It's unbelievable that we decided to choose wizardry and witchcraft over these fundamental Christian authors and their beautiful works that they've blessed this earth with. Yeah, I totally agree, Max. Uh, I think that uh, one of my ideas for a theme is we, we, we make it Narnia and we do it in Ikea and uh, we have people kind of go around in their wardrobes I mean, I, I wouldn't want to know what happened in there, but maybe, you know, we kind of get the Narnia theme because originally in the books, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, they go through a wardrobe to a magical world. Uh, I wish that we could have seen more uh, of that. I, I don't know about The Lord of the Aslan. Rings. <laughs> I love that guy. Os- Oslan is Jesus. Uh, Oslan is absolutely a symbol for Jesus in those books. That's a fact. Certainly. Yeah, uh, and I, so I wish that we could have upheld that a little bit more. Uh, maybe we have... Bronco Oslan, but uh, you know it's not going to happen this year. And, Why not? And so I think I think that's kind of sad. I was sad about that to be honest. I think Xavier uh, made it, made it clear that anything can happen, and um, certainly I mean I've been reading the Lord of the Rings. We're in the Father Renner reading room, the F Triple R right now, and I've been reading this the whole time that we've been recording this podcast because I love the Lord of the Rings. Horseplay is a satire podcast produced by Wrangler and Student Council. It's part of the Brophy Podcast Network, along with The Lasso and Blam's upcoming podcast, Calico. Please subscribe and share, and tune in next time in the next couple weeks to hear about the upcoming performance of In the Heights, a Brophy and Xavier musical production. This is Max Fees. This is Alex Bott. And Anthony Cardellini. <laughs> <laughs>